God calls us to love everyone, not to play favorites. Let's talk about it on today's edition of Renew Network Podcast. Unless you're one of those standout athletes that's kind of good at whatever they try the first time they try it, you've probably had the experience of waiting to be picked for a team on the school playground or in gym class or something like that. And that is an excruciating experience for most school kids. Uh, At stake in those moments is our self-worth, our sense of belonging, our sense of having what it takes to to contribute to our team, uh, being valued and viewed as someone important. And when that game of playing favorites uh, would shake down in those team picking moments, I would be quaking in my boots because I desperately did not want to be the last one picked. And I remember there were a few times when I was, um, but a lot of times because I was taller than most of the other kids, I got picked sometime before the end of the pack. So that, that usually worked in my favor, but I, I was always so very nervous that, um, I wouldn't get picked into the end. And I think in whatever childlike way, um, we process through those moments and we wonder what they say about our worth uh, when in reality, they don't matter all that much. (laughs) Being picked or not picked for a playground team or a gym class team, but they feel like the weight of the world is at stake. Um, and every second that goes by before we're picked for the team. Um, And that says something about our deep desire to know that we matter, that we have worth, that we belong, that we're uh, valuable. And I think most of us go through life with questions about that, wondering if, in fact, we really do matter. James addresses that uh, question today in uh, the first part of James chapter 2 in this section subtitled, Favoritism Forbidden, and we're going to be looking at James 2 verses 1 through 13 today, and uh, this particular passage makes sense most connected in the context of the whole body of the text, Uh, and we'll try to break down some of the, uh, the lessons as we go along. Uh, But before we get into the word, let's go to the Father. Heavenly Father, we love you today. And Lord, uh, we all stand before you uh, knowing in our hearts that we are valued and that we're loved and that we matter because you picked us for your team. And the clear symbol of that is your son, Jesus, who you sent for all of us to communicate that you loved us and that you pursued us for a relationship And I love what it says in Romans, uh, where Paul uh, writes that um, you showed us your love in this, that while we were yet sinners, you sent your son Jesus to die for us. And I just give you thanks, Lord, that is your picking of us for the team. You want us on heaven's team. You want us to be with you where you are. Um, and and you uh, make that so clear in the gift of your son, Jesus, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
that truth should wipe away every memory (laughs) of waiting on the school playground to be picked for a team. But we're fragile and we're weak and our hearts get broken so easy and sometimes those wounds linger. And Lord, I pray that you would write over the truth of your love for us into the wounds that we carry in our hearts because of wondering if we're valued and if we're worthy. Your word says that we are, and Jesus says that we are. Help us walk in that truth today. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your word. Teach us through it again today. We ask and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, this is uh, James chapter 2, starting in verse 1. James writes, My brothers and sisters, believers in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ must not show favoritism. Suppose a man comes uh, into your meeting wearing a gold ring and fine clothes, and a poor man in filthy old clothes also comes in. If you show special attention to the man wearing fine clothes and say, here is a good seat for you, but say to the poor man, you stand there or sit on the floor by my feet, have you not discriminated among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my dear brothers and sisters, has not God chosen those who are poor in the eyes of the world to be rich in faith and to inherit the kingdom he promised those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who are exploiting you? Are they not the ones who are dragging you into court? Are they not the ones who are blaspheming the noble name of him to who you belong? If you really keep the royal law found in scripture, love your neighbor as yourself, you are doing right. But if you show favoritism, you sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. For whoever keeps the whole law and yet stumbles at just one point is guilty of breaking all of it. For he who said you shall not commit adultery also said you shall not murder. If you do not commit adultery but do commit murder, you have become a lawbreaker. Speak and act as those who are going to be judged by the law that gives freedom. Because judgment without mercy will be shown to anyone who has not been merciful. Mercy triumphs over judgment. That may be my favorite line (laughs) in the entire book of James. Mercy triumphs over judgment. It occurs to me, and it's clear in this passage from James, that favoritism always has something to do with leaving others behind without really understanding them or knowing what they're all about. It's always about prejudging what we see or what we think we see, what we know or what we think we know about someone. And James makes that so clear here. Um, When I was pastoring churches, I saw this play out frequently when we would have families that appeared to be well-to-do or very much like the other families in the church. They were easily welcomed and they were given places of honor. People opened their hearts to them quickly and easily. Um, but as our outreaches were having impact and moms who were struggling addicts who were trying to overcome addiction to heroin or meth um, would come and start bringing their children and they didn't look like us and talk like us and their experiences weren't like us, I found that the congregation had a much harder time loving on and caring for them and welcoming them into the body of Christ than they did the ones who they were very much like. And it broke my heart at times when I would see some of the ones who were not like us, who were who 
some of us were trying to love so much (laughs) eventually would come to the conclusion that they weren't welcome with us because others had trouble finding a way of welcoming them. It always broke my heart. And I think that's this passage playing out in real time. Um, The ones who look like us and act like us and sound like us and work jobs like us are easier to love because they're like us. The ones who don't look and sound like us are a little more challenging because we don't understand their world and we're threatened by it. And it's really hard to welcome people who are unlike us because we have to put ourselves aside and we have to choose to love them like Jesus would love them. And once again, James addresses that. He says, keeping the greatest commandment shows that you're doing right. You're, you're, You're living out the gospel in right ways. What is the greatest commandment? To love God and to love our neighbors as ourselves. And we don't do so well with that. James reminds us that if we want to play by the law, uh, if we break one aspect of it, we are lawbreakers in entirety. And uh, he calls us back to remember that um, it's in the showing of mercy that God will be merciful to us. Because if we can express mercy to others, then we show that his mercy is at work in us. And we reveal ourselves to belong to him. And I'm challenged by this idea that mercy triumphs over judgment. I think it's so true. We're so quick to judge in this society. We're so quick to judge what we think we see, what we think we understand, uh, when we really don't understand, in a full sense, someone's journey. And God wants us to understand that his mercy triumphs over judgment. That if we treat every person that comes into our lives like they belong and like they matter and that we want to pick them for God's team, then that will affect our witness, that will affect the way that we look at others, that will open us up to love like Jesus loves like never before. And I believe that's the whole point of this passage. Favoritism has to do with prejudging. Mercy has to do with loving people right where they are and learning to trust that God will change them in time and his way as he sees fit according to their will, his will, purpose, and plan for their lives. And God is changing and transforming us as well according to his will, purpose, and plan for our lives. And the call, my friends, is that we will love others and express mercy to them so that in our love and in our expressions of mercy, they might see the loving kindness of our good God who sent his son for them too, to hang on the cross to say, though you are a sinner, I love you and I forgive you and I want to know you. I will die for you while you're a sinner to send that message so it becomes loud and clear. We who are beneficiaries of grace and mercy, we who have experienced Christ, should find it easy to love others in the state that they are in because we understand how mercy works. And I pray that uh, as, as my heart is stirring with conviction this morning at the reading of these words, I pray that your heart is as well and that you'll continue to Uh, Allow Jesus to speak through these words into your heart today as you consider them. God bless.